Claire knew that poison dripped from words like these. It was a poison that she had learned to use, slowly at first, and then too soon without even thinking about it. Rob had become familiar with its bitter taste. Only this morning, as she felt his smooth, sleepy hand creeping underneath the duvet towards her warm breasts, her mouth had opened to say the words, Don't touch me. The ugly tone that had come into her voice still had the power to shock her. And as for Rob, he pulled away at once, as if he had burnt himself on the embers of what was, she knew, a dying fire. They lay there absolutely still, together in the same bed, sharing their body's heat. Neither of them spoke. Neither had to move for her to know that they were growing further apart with every second that ticked by, and always with that silence pushing its way like steel between them. She turned towards the window, desperate to feel alone. The heavy curtains were drawn against the winter darkness. She listened for a long time to the sound of birds already singing, deceived by the pre-dawn artificial glow of the street lamps. When at last she felt Rob throw off the duvet and head for the shower, she thought she would be relieved. Then, too late, she wanted him to fold himself around her and blow gently against her neck and whisper stories to her of the happiness that had once been theirs. Surely this will all be over soon, she thought. Surely he cannot endure this much longer, any more than I can. It had been easy once, this life, this marriage, back when Rob seemed to know instinctively how to stop her tears and make her laugh, and she would look at every other couple they knew and believe with absolute certainty that there was more between her and Rob than any of the rest of them would ever have. Now she barely understood herself, and he was utterly lost. She'd grown used to the dragging at the edges of her mouth, which had made her every look a frown. She couldn't remember when she had last even smiled, knowing only that she had once, effortlessly, and often enough to have the beginnings of lines around her mouth to prove it. All that must have been in that time that she called before, because everything was now divided for her between before and since, before and now. Yet it was not so long ago, only a matter of weeks and months that she'd been in love, secure in the knowledge that Rob was going to be with her, beside her forever. Their wedding vows had sounded as fresh in Claire's head as if they'd spoken them days, not years ago. They were going to look after each other. That was what mattered. She didn't have to make her way through the ups and downs of life on her own. There would be someone to share it all with her. Five years in which they had passed from the early uncertainty of nervous chatter and careful flirtation to the reassurance and relief of love, by way of sunsets watched from the slopes of vineyards, holidays at first in hostels and then in what were called boutique hotels, and fears and dreams shared in equal measure in a tangle of limbs. Then Rob had let her down, when all she needed for him was to be there. His presence, that most simple of things, but too much to ask. The betrayal went so deep, was so red with blood, that now she was left only with a familiar feeling, one that she had thought she had cast off long ago, that she was stronger alone. I'm trying so hard, he had said to her. I know it isn't enough, I know I'm not getting it right, but I'm trying so hard.
Nothing I say seems to help. Nothing can help. Nothing at all. Just six months before, she would never have believed that a baby, a baby that had never lived, that she could have held in her cupped hands, could have done all this to them. Two adults who were exactly as happy as they should be after two years of marriage and three years before that of living together. At just the stage when friends, relatives and even strangers felt entitled to ask, are you thinking about children yet? None of it was the baby's fault. The baby that she had called Oliver and that the doctor had called a fetus. Oliver had done nothing wrong. It was Rob's fault. He was to blame. He was to blame because if he wasn't to blame, then there could only be her.